The following is a live broadcast of the Lone Star Community Radio Program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani, we are two Texas licensed attorneys, and we are here to uh, talk about legal topics, things that concern you, situations you may find yourself in, to help you through a legal maze that could somehow crop up in your life and you have some questions or anxiety about, or just general um, information. We have a really exciting show today. We're going to have a guest, uh, Grant Bynum, who is the founder of Open Texas. And I don't know if you guys know about Open Texas, but Open Texas is the group that is uh, doing rallies all over the state. This morning, they were in um, downtown Dallas. And um, just a little bit about it, I'm sure Grant's going to, we're going to ask him all sorts of questions about Open Texas and how it um how it got started, but I know because Grant is my brother, and so I know all about it. Um, he started, I think, about 14, 15 days ago, a Facebook page called Open Texas, and within 24 hours, they had 2,000 members. Uh, 48 hours uh, later, they had 5,000 members. Last weekend, 12 days after opening Open Texas, they had 47,000 members. Did you know that, Dick? No, I don't. I don't. I don't keep a pulse on that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, that's those are pretty crazy numbers. Those are a lot of numbers. But um, before we have Grant on, we're going to have him on in a couple of minutes. Do you He's, think they're Russian bots? What are Russian the bots? numbers? Do you think it's you think it's a Russian thing? Well, I don't, but I know a lot of people <laughs> who do. <laughs> and uh, you know, there's just a lot. You know, and Grant, it's interesting that you say that, Dick, because uh, I got on Open Texas and looked at the Facebook page, and one of the six rules that Grant had was no conspiracy theories. And, uh, you know, because he's my brother and we're close, we talk on the phone all the time and stuff, and I said, you know, Grant, I was really proud of you for that no conspiracy theory thing. And Grant said, we got him, we got him, we're weeding him out all the time. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff that they get, but they still, I mean, they have so many people interested in this that they're actually going out breaking the social distancing thing and uh, demonstrating. There was a demonstration last week, uh, last weekend in Frisco, Texas, and they were practicing social distancing, actually. And um, 
they had about 500 people there by a, a, someone who divvied up the sections and did the head counts and all of that. They had about 500 people there. But uh, I don't know how many they had this morning, but we're about to find out um, because we're going to call Grant. But I want to just talk about quickly before we call him here in a couple of minutes, um, phase one, phase two, and phase three of Greg Abbott's um, order to uh, to reopen Texas. And this was sent to me. Um, what is your name? Jack, who is an intern here at the radio okay. station, told me, I showed him this. It's phase one, phase two, and phase three. It's a rollout. Right. And it was sent to me yesterday, and he said that he recognized it. He thought maybe it was streamed on YouTube. Uh-huh. But phase one, uh, which is what we're in now, right. is a mobilized 1,157 state and local contact tracers, uh-huh. a contact tracing IT application, and to establish COVID-19 contact tracing call center. It makes no sense to me. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, the contact tracing is where if someone has COVID, then uh-huh. they trace back. Oh, okay, yeah, like the little blue dot thing I was watching on 60 Minutes where they can see by who's got it and where you're going and all right, that kind of thing. Right, right. And, of course, there are a lot of people out there talking about conspiracy theory. There are a lot of people out there that think this is just Big Brother and putting <laughs> Big Brother in in his place now. I think they can benefit by this. Uh-huh. But, you know, I will add this real quick. I, I'm liking this, the COVID and the phasing because of the mask. They're the cutest mask that they're they're getting out there right now. Everybody's showing up with these beautiful custom-made, like, a and masks. I know. And I think they're really beneficial to us. I mean, COVID is like my kind of thing, if we're going to have it. Mm-hmm. Because, first off, uh, we don't have to work. It's vacation. Secondly, <laughs> uh, we get to wear a mask. We only have to put half our makeup on. Mm-hmm. And it's covering up the part of my face that I would need, like, a an aesthetic surgical procedure on to fix. No and, and I'm thinking they had something. It was uh, with the, the jihads. I think I think that people over there in um, in. Well, that was the desert, and that was the Middle East. The yeah, but Jesus. the eyes of the windows of the soul, that's the only thing that's showing if, if this is a good time. That's just in our American movies. In real life in Saudi Arabia, they have a screen over their eyes. But I'll, I'll <laughs> let you go on. True. Go on. <laughs> but but that, the thing is, is that these phases are not opening up like uh, the cosmetic, you know, for your nails and your hair and the things that, and bars, all the things that you need to find your perfect mate. So I'm thinking this is a good time to have your actual, you know, soulmate. This is when you can find them because COVID is is allowing you to because they can only see your eyes spend more time on the inside and less on the outside and we can wear these cute little masks and social distancing I'm not a hugger. You know that. Oh, I know. I am, I was born for social distancing. <laughs> I, I'm loving this because you get to go to movie theaters and there's two spaces between uh-huh. you. There's not. There's no You're crowd. Safe from, yeah. Um, so I'm thinking, and, and now the environment's better. So, you know, there's, a, there's a, a, a silver lining here to this COVID thing for me. Okay. Well, so phase two, and I want to get to this. Oh, well, it's only 1208. Oh, my watch is a little fast. Uh, phase two, add additional, add an additional 1,000 contact tracers. Deploy, Who is adding these? Uh, the the state government. They're tracing us. There, that's the plan. With what? Your phone? I I don't know exactly how it, Do you it's going to go down. Do you have, you have any idea what the what the tracer thing is about? I think it's when you test positive. Oh, you get like a chip, like a dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In times, baby. Well, I mean, they probably do something where whatever Texas database, like the they'll use the driver database or something like uh-huh. that, Department of Public Safety uh-huh. database, and then. When you get your tested, they'll just add that like to the an file. ankle monitor or something. I mean, no, I don't. I don't think it's a restriction. I think it's just information. So it's kind of like when police officers pull you over, uh-huh. 
they immediately have access. Uh, I think like was it yeah. six right. years ago? They immediately have access if you have if you're covered insurance right. wise. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I always find it funny when they ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Can I have a driver's uh, driver's and license or registration? Like they already know. <laughs> Uh, they know if you're lying. <laughs> yeah, and they might not know your driver's license, but they know if your that car is covered. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I think it's be something similar to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I, I wonder if there's probably going to be lawsuits about HIPAA and all that kind of stuff. Right. If if they're allowed to have access to the, your oh, medical information. Right. Well, you know, we were watching the sixty uh, sixty minutes had a show on a sh- uh, it was called Blue Dot, and they forecasted this uh, COVID. Um, back in, they were able to identify it because that's what they do. They look at different strains of. Um, of viruses and, 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 you know, contagious diseases and what have you. And they were able to put all this in an algorithm and be able to trace for, for years is what this company does where, um, when it's something like this might hit like SARS and where it will go. And they've got like little blue dots where they were able to show like at Wuhan where the people, yeah. where they left and where they flew and mm-hmm. what would happen if that person went to a certain place and how the cities exploded. And so they sent like an alert out to 12 cities like on January 1st of this year saying, we think something's going to hit even before they knew anything. Who's they? This company? Um, this, this company called Blue Dot. It's um, it's American an American. I, mean, I think it's an Australian company, but they're they're uh, the people that hired them. Their clients are like Home Depot and you know the the army or whatever. You know, I don't know who their clients are, but they were able to warn them. And like the Canadian government uses them, and the Canadian government said they were telling them, "We believe that you need to start preparing. We may have an outbreak mm-hmm. because of what we're seeing here. The 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 data mm-hmm. feeds, mm-hmm. and so the bigger the blue dot, the bigger the the area of um." The, the contagion would be, and they were following airline records where people were flying out right. of Wuhan and back. Right. Which oddly, the people that were flying out of Wuhan, lots of them were flying out. Not as many were flying in mm-hmm. internationally after they knew that this this thing hit, which was, and they were they were going to places like. Italy, mm-hmm. Spain, mm-hmm. Japan, New York, and, and New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, and that's where the blue dots were getting bigger and bigger. Right. And um, but anyway, they were using airline data and phone data. They can they you can be traced on your phone apparently. So um, so Big Brother can watch us. I don't really care who watches me, but I'm thinking that if they could just hone this down into something. I'm always into the dating mode. I think they're you know like with the Match.com, they made a lot of money on that kind of thing. If wives, uh, husbands, people that, you know, suspect, you know, you're cheating or something. If you could just put this. Man, you, they the didn't phone. give us trackers for years. And, and I, my daughter's telling like me that, that Google uh, and, and, and Facebook and your phone, or maybe it's Apple, is able for sure to trace oh, yeah. you at all times. Oh, yeah. I, I have it on my phone and when share it with my Whenever I get a client and I want to see if they're telling me the truth about something, my daughter's like, just get their phone and I'm going to tell you where they've been. I'm like, wow. Yeah. This you is can crazy. Do so did y'all well, know that the phones could do that? Yeah, I did. Well, yeah. So um, do y'all ever use it to trace anybody? I know on Google, you can, if you use Google Maps regularly, uh-huh. you can go to yeah. their website, uh-huh. and it shows you everywhere you've been in the past year. Is that right? Oh, I, yeah. Right now. Crazy. So tell me how to do that real quick so our listeners might want to know, too. If I go to Google Maps, how you do I do that? You have to have a profile. Okay. So when yeah. you access Google Maps, typically through a phone or a website, you uh-huh. either it'll be like, oh, are you signed in? Would uh-huh. you like to sign in? And if you sign in, you go to your settings, and you can turn on some stuff. Okay, and, but it does without me putting the settings on. It can go historically and see where I've been? I I think through... Jack is shaking his head. Yes. I would say yes, but I don't know if it's yeah, as specific it, because uh-huh. it just depends on where, like, what phone you're using, when, how often you're using it for Google Maps okay. and things like that. Because it, 
because you can add different profiles and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so, so I'm just curious. If I wanted to, from a criminal defense standpoint, if I wanted to see where somebody's been because everybody lies, well, my it, clients yeah, and but it's, other it's, people. It just depends if they have it. If they have it turned on, you can definitely get hard data. Okay, if they don't have it turned on, then you can't. It's, it correct? depends on the program. It depends on what how, how you can access the program. Okay. Now, right. Google could technically tell you. Okay. Really? Yeah. Even well, if you don't have it turned on? Well, yeah. And my daughter works for Google. Well, then so she should have access <laughs> to that information. So phase two, because Grant is waiting, okay. five minutes waiting. Phase two, add an additional 1,000 contact mm-hmm. tracing. Uh, deploy contact tracing applications statewide, outbreak management, self-reported cases, and uh, then also deploy statewide COVID-19 tracing call center. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be by April 27th. And yesterday, then, day mm-hmm. before yesterday. And then by May 11th, phase three, build a team of 4,000 contact tracers, expand contact tracing application to local health departments, and continued support of contact tracing call center. So we have, uh, and that is for May 11th. So we'll see if that all gets done. There are people that are concerned about it. I remember after 9-11 and TSA, and now we were concerned with all the screening. And, and I was just going to say this. Remember how I said this whole virus started at Lent, and it's going to end at Pentecost. Okay. okay. This is all an right. Easter virus. They should just call it that. That's nice. my important. Hey, hey That's rule six is no conspiracy theories. Yeah, <laughs> on Open Texas. Oh, really? Listen, really? we're going to take a break, and when we come back, <laughs> we are going to have Grant Bynum, okay. the founder of open texas on live to talk to us so uh we'll be right back an estimated one in ten births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay also known as the nicu Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org. Because every life matters. This is Rick, TRC. Every Tuesday on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star, from 3 to 7, I play back-to-back classic rock hits. That's right. I like to call it a two-for Tuesday, or a three-for whatever it is you'd like. Call the request line, 936-647-3776, or message me on Facebook, Afternoons with Lone Star, make a music request. That's right, you can do it. Here's what else. Go over to our website, IRLoneStar.com. Get the app on your phone. It's easy. You'll like it. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org. That's C-O-R-E-L-U-V dot org. Will you help defend the orphan? Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast. Create your first 
YouTube channel and Beyond TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. And we are here today. We are so happy to have Grant Bynum, the founder of Open Texas, on the air with us. How are you, Grant? How do you guys? Wait. Uh, can you tell us what Open Texas is? I'm so excited to hear about all this. Grant, you're breaking up. We can't hear you. Oh, well. Grant. <laughs> We heard him for a while. Yeah, no, I think he's still there. Grant, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, so sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just saying, is this the show that has the best lawyers in Montgomery County? That would be the show, Grant. (laughs) And Grant, Grant, I already told already told our listeners that you're my brother. So, guys, he had to say that. (laughs) And an Aggie, you're an Aggie, right? No, he's not um, an Aggie. I'm an Aggie dad. Yeah, um, that's close enough. My son is currently attending, and my wife is a is a big big Ag. Well, I know all your money's going to A&M, and so that That's makes you Maggie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. So how did the rally go this morning? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, probably had, uh, it was in downtown Dallas, mm-hmm. Dealey Plaza, mm-hmm. and um, I think there was about, I don't know, 100 to 150 for a Tuesday. Uh, that's a really good number. Yeah. yeah tell us about how you got started with this and what it is. I have no idea. Open Texas uh, started 50. Days ago, I know. Uh, I I just was walking around, looking. And by the way, um, I love you guys and I trust you guys. And I'm giving you the only interview <laughs> that I've really given, other than a very short one to the Dallas Morning News. We've had all sorts of agencies asking me, and I, I just refuse to give interviews. So, well, um, we we appreciate that, Grant, and we and no, we appreciate no your trust. I just don't trust them, and I trust you guys. So. Well, good. Then um, we're going to give you the open mic. Just to, uh, how did you? When you said you walked around, what city yeah, did you yeah, walk around I, in? I, Give us some background. I was having just a wonderful, uh, wonderful day, and it was sunny. And I was walking around um, uh, and doing some biking, also. Where? What and city? Just, Dallas. This is sorry in uh, Plano. Okay. Plano, Plano Texas, and the suburb just, of Dallas. I just kept noticing um, such a beautiful day, sunny, probably low seventies, and. Then I looked around and I saw all these people with masks. <laughs> I saw all these uh, cl- uh, great stores empty mm-hmm. or, or almost empty. And I just kept feeling like we're in this 1984 novel or ho- uh, apocalyptic vision or something. Yeah. It, it just really struck me. So I, I just said this isn't right. Um, I've never really started an organization, but I said this isn't right. Uh, I contacted uh, – one other guy and I said, "Hey, you know, start this with me." Uh huh. And uh, he said, "Sure." We didn't really, you know, know what we were doing, but we said, "We, we got to do something." Mm-hmm. And um, and then I said, "Okay, let's let's ask one more friend each of us, and then we'll start it with four. So we started it. Um, it was it was uh, 15 days ago, like I said. And but when you it started it, what was what was your, uh, your the, the the format, the goal? I mean, you were just basically, we want to open up Texas again, or what was it that you were starting? Yeah, at, 
at that time, uh, churches were still uh, totally closed, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you couldn't even open it in any format. That opened up a few days ago. Right. Um, our, our church just opened yesterday, and uh, it's yeah. unbelievable it was closed for that long. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of churches are still closed, even those is open because they're fearful. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so we, we started basically to say it's all churches, all businesses need to be open now. Um, we, we believe that we have constitutional rights with mm-hmm. the U.S. Constitution right. and the Texas Constitution, and our rights are given to us by God. They're your, not given your, to us by— Your First Amendment rights for to be able to speak and, and, and go to religious functions and, and all that are, are being arranged yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And so um, <laughs> we, we, we kind of thought we were just with all of the— the conditioning we've gotten from the press, we kind of thought we were just weirdos. Yeah. And so we said, let's just see if there's anybody else that agrees with us. Surely at Texas, our goal was we thought maybe we can get 500 people that we would have considered that a success. Well, within one day, we had uh, about 1,300 people. Uh, so from zero to one day, it was 1,300. And then within seven days, it was, oh, gosh, um, 20-something thousand. Now we're up to 53,000. Okay, so let me ask you this. That's amazing. Um, first, I, it, it appears that your 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 goal is to, uh, it, you're arguing that people have a constitutional right to have freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom to gather, you know, enjoy uh, peaceful uh, enjoyment without the government telling them what they can do. So your goal is to ask the government to step back so people can take their own uh, risk that is their God-given right, God-given right, as well as their constitutional right. Is that correct? That's exactly right. We are, we are not a, a throw-out-the-government uh, organization in any means. Right. But we do believe that they have uh, overstepped their boundaries. They, they, I think Texans and Americans need to realize that we, we are a self-governing people. Yes. We are not a, uh, a people that looks to our leaders to do it. They're supposed to carry out our wishes, not the opposite. But yes. That's China. Right. Well, so, yeah. exactly. Well, Grant, let me ask you this. What do you think about Greg Abbott? Um, I know you and I have talked about this at length, but I just want our listeners to know what your view is on Greg Abbott and his leadership at the time and these, um, um, what do you call them, edicts <laughs> that he's rolling out. What do you think about uh, Greg Abbott, first of all? Um, well, I've said all along, I'm actually a big supporter of Governor Abbott. I have been for years. I voted for him, um, you know, multiple times. Um, I, I love Governor Abbott. I pray for him. I pray for him uh, about five, to eight, five times a week. So um, <laughs> I pray more for him. <laughs> yeah. So, and we need to be continue to pray for him. So I believe in him as a person. I believe, however, that he's made a terrible mistake. I don't know if that he is just listening to he's gotten a, a very small cadre around him that has brainwashed him or that he's just listening to them too much. I don't I really don't know what's going on, but this isn't the Governor Abbott that I know. And really him, his strike force, I just don't know what they're thinking. There's common sense and people know it and it's to uh, we, we as Texans can handle things. We don't need to be nanny stated by uh a bunch of um, uh, kind of one-worldish kind of doctors. We we need to be open, and we can handle it. And if and by the way, um, if people need to stay home, yes, we support right. that. If people want to have masks, I'm with you. No problem. Let right. them do that. But, 
But, and there's a certain segment that needs to stay home. Yeah. But, well, but we've gone overboard. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, uh, and I don't, I'm just, this is just from basically what I've read, that the government's responsibility is to make sure that as a people and society that, that we're uh, protected and that in uh, the case of an emergency like a war and this, you know, pandemic is like a war, that the government doesn't want to have the liability, and that's the whole reason that they're all doing this, right. um, of people being hurt because the government didn't step in when they realized there was an emergency and protect people with, uh, as, as a governor, uh, a governing body would. So I get why they're doing it. It's to, um, I think, in large part, more to, than to just to, to be like stepping on everybody's toes, but to protect society um, as a whole, looking down at it, you know, sort of globally, because that's what they feel that their responsibility is. But on the other hand, that there's a fine line that you walk, and I'm sure this is what your rally is all about, that uh, the government cannot step over and, and breach. I mean, it's the whole constitutional issue. It's what, you know, has gone as far back as, you know, Maybury versus Madison. It's when, it's when uh, the government... It, it, the government steps in, like, and it gets, they've gone way overboard in communist countries and socialist countries, and, you know, when they have that sort of dynamic, uh, it's when the government steps in and, and tries to rule your life as opposed to letting you have the freedom of taking your own risk and, and running your own. So I get why they're doing it. It's just we don't know, and maybe you know, and you can add that, you can, you know, give that information to us, what, who, what information, who their source of information is, to that they're it's so skewed that that's that's making it so that they feel like they have to give so much uh i guess take so many of our rights away for the benefit of all so i don't know but well, let me ask you this real quick you were saying i was very very interested in that you got you went from four to like seven to like 1300 yeah. 5000 53000 how did the four of you suddenly get so much uh back you know supporting and background for these rallies explain that mm. Well, uh, first of all, well, pe people were very upset. It, it wasn't a uh, intelligence on our part that just, like, it's not like we went and did a Facebook ad and grew things and we put a campaign together. All we did is said we, we're just standing up for people. And right. People yeah, but who did you say that to? To his friend. To, to his friend. We and just, then We just said to friends, and then friends joined, and everybody's like, finally, somebody's standing up. Right. But did you and, get it on Facebook? Alone. Did you make phone calls? I mean, how did you get so many no, people just, to know? It's all Facebook. He, all he started the page. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. he started so, the page. Uh, Grant, yeah. Grant, you know, based on yeah. what you're talking about, you're saying that you think that Abbott just is surrounded by some people that are giving him misinformation. Don't you think, I, you and I have talked about this, but I want the listeners to hear your response on this. Don't you think how it hit in New York... Uh, just terrified everybody and and that the social distancing really has had an impact on how as as it's filtered through the other states it's gotten less and less um you know what this is what i've heard and i'm, I'm not an expert and it's it's a shame that people like me who are not an expert have to become somewhat right. of one right uh but what i've heard uh is that um we needed to just let this all right out. It's it's uh, the coronavirus is, is a very contagious, much more so than the, than the normal flu. Right. It's very contagious, but the uh, the death rate and even the symptomatic rate is so ridiculously low. It's it's uh, it's at the same or even less than the flu. So um, uh, from what I can tell, 
and I believe that we should have just let this ride out. Um, we've there's been this is COVID nineteen by the way. There's been other uh, strains of this, right? And they've gone through society, and it's there's two hundred viruses that have, that are in the air right now. So it should have it should have just gone out. We should have just let it go. It would have been handled a lot more quickly versus um, uh, sheltering it in place. Sheltering in place actually is going to make it worse later. Because Why is then that? Our, well, um, we need to get to where about 80% of our society has been exposed to it. And once we get to that level, it's called herd immunity. So mm-hmm. once we are there, then the virus really can't do anything else. And plus it will protect us from future viruses that are related. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're not, by the shelter in place, we're not being allowed to do that. So it's actually... The people that say, oh, there is going to be another wave, they're actually right. There is going to be a bit more of a wave. Is it going to be a deadly wave? No. But there's going to be some more cases as we uh, as we lift these things. Well, my understanding about the sheltering in place was it wasn't so that it would protect everybody from getting it. It was so that we could slow the, the, the degree that it was that everybody Spread. got it so that we didn't overload the, the health system so it could play out just like, you know, uh, uh, not a bad virus, but it wouldn't. It, people wouldn't die because they didn't have the supplies and the help that they needed, just like what happened in the Spanish flu back in 1918. So I got that. But what my my uh, daughter was giving me some t- statistics with, that corroborated what you were saying that um, that the death uh, the mortality rates from last year were matching the mortality rates from this year. There wasn't a, 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 de- a higher degree of people dying. It's just that they they were uh, identifying the deaths as COVID's right now, and she said uh, what these uh, hospitals and what, um, and I, I don't know where she got these statistics, but it made sense. If the, the death, the mortality rate and the number of people dying is about the same each year, then why wouldn't it have been significantly higher for this period last year? I mean, if, if, if COVID was really killing everybody, you know, exponentially. She said that people that, what they're doing, um, hospitals, uh, I don't know, hospitals, but the, the way, because of all of the, the money involved, and if you follow the root of all evil is money. If you follow the money, you can usually get to why a lot of people, you know, what the the, uh, the catalyst is, the motivation. But uh, she was saying that people, that there were some people complaining that their relatives were dying of other diseases. They knew that they had like a, you know, a cancer or whatever it was, and that the hospitals were coding them as COVID deaths because they got some sort of, uh, uh, financial benefit by doing that, and that there was all these people that were dying. Uh, that that the the bottom line is there's not more people dying. Just like you were saying, they're just saying that they're identifying the deaths, whether they have been tested or not, as as COVID deaths. Maybe it's for the money. I don't know, but um, but it goes. It's it it corroborates what you're saying that this is this pandemic. The numbers may be false, and that. I don't know how reliable they are. We're getting so much information from all these different news agencies, but and even our own, uh, the Chinese government, all the governments, you can't rely upon what they're even saying. Right. So now you were saying in your rallies, uh, I want to know about the rallies. How do you put them together? When people show up, who speaks? What is your the statistic, the source of information? Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, well, uh, we we put our own rallies together, but we're also basically a mouthpiece for many other people that are doing their rallies. So um, the first rally I heard about we did not put together is actually Austin. There are mm-hmm. some really brave. Uh, and <laughs> by the way, they were 20-something-year-olds. Are you ladies. kidding? 
Wow. No, they were awesome. They're my friends. Alaya um, <laughs> and forgive me, I don't know her last name, and then Katie, Katie Bug. Those are the two that put together the Austin Rally, and they did have a uh, they had a, a little bit of an emphasis, maybe more on vaccines than we do. But they still they they put together the first rally. But let me ask you this: they put a, t- a rally together. Um, first off, when you put a rally together, don't you need a government permit for that? Uh, it, it depends. Not you normally. can give them notice. Grant gave them notice. Yeah. Actually, I warned him about that. But have you had an issue with not having a permit, Grant? No. Okay. Uh, this is the great part: is police, at least as far as we've been concerned, right. and anything I've heard of, they're supporting us. They love it. They can't wait till this is over. They, you can tell uh, they're they're not. They, we've even said, hey, we're going to be doing this. What are? Let us know how we can abide by guidelines. They're very light and very friendly. The police are not uh, these draconian no. uh, stormtroopers that yeah. want to right. we, shut we, everybody down. What, what we we read in in all over Texas, and it might be all over America for that matter, is that the law enforcement were not. Um, going out and like you know, like uh, 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 the attorney, uh, city attorney for uh, for Houston, uh, Hidalgo, they weren't going out and finding people and arresting people and bringing them down. They were actually just giving them notices that they shouldn't, uh, that they should exercise you know social distancing and comply with the order to the extent that uh, the order said that they couldn't open up. But um, the uh, what I was curious about is that if we've got a, a, a state order that says. Uh, no gathering, no, no gathering than 10 or and, five. and uh, everything shut down. Suddenly, you gather. You've, you're not in compliance with this order, and the police aren't enforcing that. That that there's some confusion there to me. That that you were able to put it together, and the police didn't say anything. So nobody said anything at all when you said, "Hey, Facebook friends, we're gonna have a rally in front of uh, the Capitol in Austin. Come on and show up and bring your signs because we want the governor to know that." Well, he needs to open up this, uh, you know, uh, take the sheltering place rules uh, or the uh, enact it so that we can start living our lives again. So, uh, kind of walk me through that when you went yeah, to like, yeah. Uh, well, so for example, in um, in Austin, and this was again, this is coordinated more by Laya and Kittybug, but they um, they called the police about a day in advance and they said we're going to meet and. Uh, Austin, as you know, is uh, n- not the most uh, conservative at times. Right. So, but uh, even their police were very friendly. And, mm-hmm. and th- now this was about almost, uh, let's say, about 12 days ago. So this is a, a quickly moving. A lot of things are changing. But mm-hmm. this was when it was still very, very restrictive. And they said, all we are asking, you can have the rally, no problem. All we're asking is that you uh, remain in groups of 10 and that you social distance. And they didn't say mask, anything else. Really? So, wow. Yep. Okay. No, they were nice. And that, and that was, that was then. And, and then we then. coordinated with, we coordinated with, uh, Dallas. Uh, let's see, this is the third, third rally in Dallas. Third. And then mm-hmm. this is the, um, and then we had a huge one in Frisco. And anytime we've talked with them, um, they've said, no, we don't have any restrictions. Just, wow. just keep the peace. And yeah. I'm like, well, you know what? We want to keep the peace, and we want you there. They've been absolutely wonderful. Okay, it's the purpose. Right. The purpose of your rally is to get the attention of the government, so that they they lift all of these uh, uh, provisions that are taking our rights away. What are when you stand out there and you're rallying with the signs and all that stuff? Assuming there's signs, there and are making speeches and stuff. Are you just trying to? Is your is your dialogue directed at the governor, or who is your dialogue directed to? Uh, it, it's 
it's directed to the governor respectfully, and then it's also uh, directed to the strike force, and it's also directed to the local officials. For example, in um, as you know, in Harris, uh, you have a terribly overbearing uh, county commissioner judge, uh, Lena Hidalgo, mm-hmm. and so uh, the some dialogue would be directed toward her with her ridiculous mask ordinance. Yes. Well, we have we have a similar. Uh, similar thinking judge in the Dallas area. His name is Clay Jenkins. He's, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, the worst elected official in Texas, mm-hmm. and he wow. needs to be voted out. Wow. But uh, he, yeah, we we would also say that to him, and basically saying we're, you know what, we're we're not gonna, um, we're we're peaceful, we're not violent, but uh, sorry, you've overstepped your boundaries, and this has to end. And you're gonna open businesses up now. Okay, this I, is understand. Clay. okay. I understand. I understand. Clay Jenkins was um, that. To Governor Abbott's credit, his his whole um, timeline was at the end of April 30th he was going to make a decision, and he never he he didn't say what he was going to do. But essentially, he you know he's listed the more severe uh, items of his um, guidelines, mm-hmm. and now you know, he's opened up at least some. But but before that happened, a few days ago, Clay Jenkins said, "Hey, we've had seven deaths." Seven Seven, seven out of uh, the whole in Texas, about 650, we've had seven deaths. So, hey, we're going to uh, extend the stay-at-home <laughs> order another 30 days because of seven deaths. Oh, wow. This is the same man that said, hey, we need to put these stay-in orders in place, stay-at-home orders in place because we're going to have 430 deaths, 430, sorry, 430,000 deaths. Oh. Okay, that's all ridiculous. But let me ask you this: So, you're do you have like a a bullet list of of things that you're requesting? Because I get it now. This this rally is the only way that we can get attention to the the government officials to, to let them know that the people don't want these restrictions. We can take care of ourselves. We just want our constitutional rights to be complied with. So, are you are you do you have a list of things? Have you sent a letter to the governor? What other things have you done other than? Uh, not that you're in charge of it. I mean, I'm just I'm happy that you're even going forward. But just something that other it. people that want to be involved. Do you have a bullet list of of uh, the objectives? What are you that looking for? What on? are you asking them to do? And what other things have you done to uh, get to that end? Um, we've done primarily rallies. We've done uh, petitions. Um, we've encouraged a lot of, a lot of other uh, rallies. We've put together ideas. Oh, I forgot about this. We had a huge statewide uh, honk-in. Oh, yeah. and, uh, you know, Grant came up with that idea, the honking thing. That's Grant's idea. <laughs> yeah, how'd well, how that right, go? It was, no, it actually wasn't. It was somebody, somebody in a group, and I, okay. and I uh, said that's a great idea. Okay. So, so, but I don't uh, understand. Tell me about the honking. Well, the honking was, again, this is uh, you know, almost two weeks ago, a little different environment, but um, because people were still very afraid to get out even and, right. and, and uh, congregate in the symbol, we said, okay, well, how about we go to a – uh, the county courthouse or the city hall, and we just circle it with cars, and we have signs on the cars, and we honk. Circling the wagon. Yeah, and so y'all just yeah. drove around and honked? Yeah. For how yeah. long? And it happened in many cities, and uh, it was the start, and it just kind of helps people go, you know what, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to get elected by a fish. I mean, I'm not, not going to get elected by right. a fish. Right, right. 
and uh, it, it gave him courage. So it's a great. It's actually okay, so it's sort of like that. I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take this anymore. Yeah. From the thing. Okay, okay, Grant. So I have a, a question for you. Yeah. What, do you. What do you think about them talking to Mark Zuckerberg and saying, you know, people are using Facebook, this social platform, to do these demonstrations? And he said, I mean, I saw him. He was, I can't remember what show he was on, but he was saying, we are seriously considering shutting them down. Now, I know you've heard about this. What do you think about it? Well, he actually has shut a few down, but uh, here's the deal. I've noticed that the ones he's shut down are um, in states that are democratically controlled with Democratic governors. So what's happening is the Democratic governors are actually petitioning Mark, and he's listening to them, and so they shut him down. What do you think about that? That's wrong. I, I, think, that, uh, I think that Facebook needs to be broken up. I think the, uh, the, the ownership... It needs to be broken up, and it needs to be either given to somebody else or eliminated. Facebook has too much power over us, and if they're going to um, – everybody knows they are the monopoly, and if they're going to continue to do stuff like this where they shut down conservative um, causes, right. they, they need to be taken out. Now, let me ask you this, though. What is it specifically uh, that's on your bullet list that you're asking uh, Governor Abbott to do? And has, did his new order that just came out, does that do any of the things that you're asking for? Um, well – some small victories. One victory is, uh, and this was not even really, I don't think, in the plan. It was just something that, thank God, a reporter asked him at the very end of his conference that he had uh, yesterday, and he addressed it. And because of that statement, uh, this, this great victory is, um, he basically said, the mask, we are, we are uh, going to suggest to wear the mask, but in, in no municipality or territory or county can a mask ordinance be enforced anymore. As really? of today, this is now superseded. Okay. So you really? Can, not have to, yes, you do not. You cannot be prosecuted for wearing a mask. So if any business are not wearing I, a mask, not, right? Yeah, for not wearing a mask. So mm -hmm. if any, uh, y'all would know this better since you're you have a legal mind. But uh, I don't. I don't. So if that's true, I don't think any business can force you. They can put a guideline up there, but they can't force you. So that was a big victory. Um, even getting some, you know, some amount of opening is good, but. Y'all think about it. Uh, if, if a restaurant a restaurant is allowed to open now on May 1st, 25%, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know any restaurant owner that can even stay in business at a 25% level. You might as right. well just have it closed. Yeah. I mean, maybe 50%, but 25%? That, that's, who is this run by? Who, who, who is coming up with these these um, these guidelines so, and these percentages? So you're going right. to continue to rally uh, uh, to get... What what is it you're still asking for? We we want all businesses open, mm -hmm. and frankly, we want something in place. We don't know what it is yet. We're still very young, but we want something in place where this can never happen again. That a governor a governor should not have these rights to do this. There's a case going on now. It's now headed to the Supreme Court, but it, it went through Pennsylvania, and uh, it was I believe some businesses, and they complained about their governor, the Democratic governor. And so now it's hitting the Supreme Court where they were classified as a non-essential business. So they objected to it, and I'm hoping and believe I believe it's going to be heard by the Supreme Court quickly. But that that needs to happen where this can't happen again. Yeah. That's true. That yeah. that that the government has that much control that they can just by with the identify a business as a non-essential, so it shuts them down economically. Whereas their their neighboring business is uh, is deemed essential and can pick up the extra business or business as usual, and there might just be, like, for example, my son was asking me this, the difference between a bar and a restaurant. 
Um, why would it be fair that the restaurant can open, but the bar still can't be open? The bar owner is now going to go under. So there's an, an, a, a, a protection of equal rights issue there, and there's a lot of lawsuits flying right now mm-hmm. uh, with well, regard to people Tony, suing the government. Tony and Cheryl, uh, hey, best, best legal minds here, audience, best legal minds here. If anybody needs uh, some uh, legal action, you need to use them. They'll, they'll get, you, uh, get you some action. Thank you, Grant. Thank you. Hey, listen, we have three more minutes. I have one more question for you that's a little off topic. I want okay. our, our listeners to know that I think Grant's one of the smartest people I've ever known and, and very conservative, and I appreciate that. Trump, uh, what do you think, Grant, what do you think about Trump stopping all immigration to this country? Uh, I, I think it was a, a good move at the time. Uh, I think we need to. But honestly, I, I think the best thing he could do is um, fire and kick out two people, and that's uh, Fauci and, and Burke. They need to go. Oh, really? You think that, huh? Yes. Okay. Yes, Does that have anything to do with immigration? <laughs> no. When he said that, I was just, I, I don't know, I was amazed. I think that guy's got more guts. Oh, he's just very, very gutsy. I was impressed. Who is gutsy? Yeah. Trump. Okay. Trump. president. You know, using this as an opportunity to protect American jobs when we try to reopen and all of that, I was just Well, I mean, from an immigration standpoint, I think that he did have to stop people coming over the border and going back and forth because we don't have any control over our own country and the the virus being spread. Regardless of... And then jobs. There's not enough information to know whether the virus is coming in and what else is coming. I I love the idea that perhaps this, the, the, the silver lining to this whole strain and all that is that Maybe we can have uh, rules in place when people come in that we can have uh, – because we don't have any constitutional rights. So Track before them. they come in, we can Track make them. sure that they are uh, safe, safe to be able to enter. Okay. Well, listen, Grant, that's all the time that we have for today. We really, really appreciate you coming on yeah, and talking pleasure. to our Thanks listeners. We're we're grateful that we are the only people that you've given an interview to, except for one small <laughs> Dallas Morning News interview. And we want you to stay safe and stay healthy and um, keep on being an American. We really appreciate it. <laughs> As opposed okay, to the, the other option. We love you too, Grant. You take care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, uh, we want to thank you for listening. That's all we have for today. We want to remind you to always serve God by serving others. Have a great week. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.